0: AM, 99.1 FM, all sports, all the time, W E B Y. Milton, Pensacola. is only 1 day away. The March Madness has arrived, so we'll be recapping the Sun Belt tournament, which was awesome. The players championship also going on over in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Oh, and speaking of Florida teams and things happening in Florida, Tom Brady is going to be sticking around for a little bit longer, and I'm very excited about introducing one of our new personalities here at ESPN Pensacola. He's going to be starting his first week in just a couple of days. We'll be getting into that as well. But first, this is Sports Call. Welcome to Sports Call. And when it's Sports Call, when you're hearing it on 1330 and 99.1, what does that mean? It's Saturday. And so, Justin, what does that also mean? We made it. It's Saturday. You
1: made it back from your beautiful vacation up in the windy city of Chicago. Is that right? How was that going? Yeah,
0: man. I just got back from Chicago and... I've gone there. I don't know. Th- I think it was my fourth time. Fourth time. Fourth time in oh. Chicago. And the fir- the last time I was there, I went to a Cubs game. I went and had some deep dish at Giordano's, and you to, uh, that was, was
1: all things I had to like kind of. Sorry, go ahead. Portobello's is that like that one restaurant? I think it, like is that- mm, I, I didn't have a place called Portobello's. I'm pretty sure that there's a big place in Chicago called Portobello's. I'll look into it.
0: It's so uh, like we like that was like, the last time I went went to a Cubs game. Cubs won. Uh, and then I had a day in Chicago the next day, all to myself before I had to go to the airport. So I just sort of spent time along Michigan Avenue and bounced around, saw what there was to see. So I had to cram all that in within like a day and a half, two days. So this trip, we're there for three days. So imagine all the things you can do in Chicago and you only have three days to do it. So did all that. It was fantastic. I cannot, I cannot stress this enough that Chicago is one awesome city. A ton to do there. Even during COVID, they finally opened up some of their stuff over there. So that means the bars and restaurants are back up and running. Uh, They don't have live sports back yet, except hockey, which hockey, by the way, um, they don't allow fans in the stands yet. But I know the Cubs are going and the White Sox are going to have at least 20% capacity. They actually made that announcement while I was in Chicago. So, you know.
1: That was really yeah. nice to have. Uh, Portillo's was actually the restaurant. Not Portobello's.
0: Portobello's Port- Port- is a mushroom,
1: yeah, but still right. wouldn't surprise me if there was a restaurant that. called Portobello's. Yeah, but Portillo's. I heard it's like a Portillo's. It's really famous. Like I know, like a lot of celebrities will roll through there whenever they go to Chicago. Um, I will say this though. I know that Texas, the uh, Rangers, they're gonna have a full stadium come opening, opening day, which is like that's, yeah, that's ins- right because that's insanity. Texas and their governor,
0: he was just like. Dude, open everything. Texas is back, folks. That's literally what he said. And actually, our own governor, Ron DeSantis, he had already said, open up the state and stadiums. If they want to go full capacity, you have my full support. But the people who run the stadiums and the people that run the teams that play in those stadiums don't feel comfortable with that just yet. But they do have the option to doing that. I think the Tampa Bay Rays are going to go 20%. Uh, and the Swamp, they already had 20% in their stadium. I'm curious yeah, to see if they're going to go back. He go back. wants a full stadium. Yeah, he does, although the school had turned around uh, at the time and said, no, we're not going to do that. Come, come this fall,
1: I can almost guarantee we will see at least most SEC teams having a full stadium for football.
0: And we still haven't heard about the Blue Wahoos, what they're going to do at Blue Wahoo yeah. Stadium. I keep saying, because it sits just over 5,000 people, I keep saying they're going to do 2,000. It's just under half, but that's a lot of people to make some noise. And let's be honest, on a Monday or Tuesday night, although I don't think the Blue Wahoos are having Monday night games this year, which is a good thing, it's a Wednesday night, let's say. A random night in baseball where people have worked the next day, kids have school, not everyone's out on a Wednesday night. There's 2,000 or less people at the stadium anyway, yes. just speaking from years past. Not every game is sold out. What, like, when do you actually think we see more than 2,000 people
1: out there at Blue Wahoo Stadium, opening probably, day probably
0: probably not this year unless they decide to open up the no,
1: stadium completely. Which I'm just, just knowing me. this area, people want to go out and do stuff. I'm asking for a just a regular season before COVID. How many times do we actually see more than two thousand people at the stadium? I, it wasn't often, unless it was maybe if the Wahoos are going through a really good run, or it's always on opening day. It's packed. It's it's, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's pretty. Awesome. In the weekends, out. the weekends. weekends are
0: always packed. Friday night games are always pretty electric. Like those are always really fun. I know the Bay Center right now they're at aren't they at 50% or no they're at 25% I think and people and they do pod seating and I I know that at the Blue Wahoos they're going to be doing that as well they are not expected to have a full stadium at all at least for the beginning portion of the year as we go throughout the season it might be different and the season is starting in May I have a feeling come April is when we'll have an idea of what we're going to see but they're selling season tickets and they already said if you want tickets at this point to guarantee you'll have tickets you need to buy season tickets, which I think is really more than just trying to sell season tickets in general. Yeah, but Because that's really where a lot of your money comes from are the season tickets. Uh, individual tickets, the more season tickets that are sold, and if they're going to have to reduce seating... It's going to be a little bit more complicated to get a single season ticket. But I think that regardless, if you want to see a baseball game this year, you're going to be able to.
1: And a lot of those those empty seats that we would see throughout the week and sometimes even on the weekends are those season ticket holders who just didn't go to the game that night. I mean, if we're being honest, if you buy a season ticket, you're probably at maybe what, 15, 20% of the games? Maybe some might be yeah. at their 50%. Who knows? And a lot of
0: times you're selling them to friends or you're giving them away to friends. Because they're, I mean, for a really good behind the plate ticket, what it's twenty dollars maybe? Yeah, fifteen dollars. It's not. It's it's very economical over at Blue Wahoo Stadium unless you want to sit in the Hancock Club, which is fifty dollars. But you do get to get some. You get some food for, while you're up there. I, I personally like being down on in the stands with the rest of the crowds. And actually, because we have media credentials, so we can we can just show up mm-hmm. and go enjoy the game. One of the perks of being in this industry. Last time I went to a game, I brought Amanda, and we went and sat in the seats in the outfield which are all general admission up for grabs. <clears throat> and we just got a couple of beers and hung out in the outfield and just watched the game there. Like that's that was awesome. And she loves baseball, which is another plus about marrying this girl. Uh, you know, we get to go enjoy some of these sporting events together. I mean, but it was it, it it was like a really good time. So I guess just to throw out a promo for the Blue Wahoos and this upcoming season even if it's going to be reduced capacity. You're gonna you're gonna be fine when it comes to being
1: able to enjoy a baseball game. I have a, I have a feeling you'll be able to go to the press box and get yourself a ticket. Probably one of my favorite places to sit inside the stadium is by the bullpens, just because me being a pitcher, I like to see bullpens work up close and personal. I like to see what these guys are throwing. I like to see their their warm up techniques because every every pitcher has their own feel and own thing that they're going to do when they're getting ready to go in the game and that's what I love about it I know I, ha- I had my own type of thing that pretty much a lot of players didn't really type of really use I mean for one guy Trevor Bauer he does like the most craziest stuff you can think of so every pitcher has their own different thing maybe in a pitcher I like to be down at the bullpen and always sitting around there
0: well you're going to have to find a new seat this year then yeah because the bullpen's going to be moving yeah according and-, and that's another thing I know I saw pictures of the Blue Wahoos They are getting the field ready for, starting on Monday, Gulf Breeze High School and Escambia High School are going to be taking on each other in their annual high school series. And we'll be broadcasting it, by the way. Uh, ESPN Pensacola, Chris Garagiola and me are going to be on the call looking forward to getting some live baseball happening here again. And it's going to be happening in the form of high school baseball. But Gulf Breeze and Escambia taking on each other. Uh, I drove by Gulf Breeze's stadium two days ago, and I saw them practicing it tugged at the heartstrings a little bit because that's where I played baseball. Went to, I went to Golf Breeze and played baseball there all four years. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm certainly, a part of me was getting a little sentimental, missing those days. But at the same time, I've moved on and I'm doing radio things now. And now I get to be a part of the call mm-hmm. on Monday. So that's happening Monday starting at 6.30. And then the next week... The next Friday and Saturday, there's some doubleheader action. We won't be able to cover the first game starting at 4 because you'll be listening to Sports Drive with Chad Brillante but starting at 7, which is Game 2, we'll be picking it up there. And then on the next Saturday, starting at 4, uh, we have a doubleheader action, two games going on. Uh, I, I need to look at the schedule. You have Choctaw, Tate, uh, For Walton Beach, I believe, is, is also Milton, playing. Is Milton in this year? Navarre, I think, is in it. Milton is not in it. Dang. West used- Florida...
1: Tech, I believe, is in it. That was one of my favorite ter- that was one of my favorite events to play yeah. in at Milton. Like I, I enjoyed it a lot. I know the one game that we did were able to play my senior year was versus a Scambia. We won that game three two. And I mean it was yeah. a good game. It's just a really cool atmosphere being able to play and be in the stadium and you know, hitting in the cages and whatnot under the seats. I mean it's you, you get that vibe. I mean, it's like it's something that you, you won't ever get to really experience again if you don't ever take it up to the next level.
0: And actually, for these high school teams coming in. I don't know if they've already installed the second batting cage, but that was a part of the upgrades Mm -hmm. because keep in mind, the minor leagues is now no longer its own entity. It's owned by major league baseball. So with that major league baseball comes through and says, Hey, you need to abide by our standards. And part of the safety measures we're doing would be, would include moving the bullpens off the field. So A lot of teams are now moving their bullpens into the outfield, which I know the Tampa Bay Rays, they have their bullpens, which they need a new stadium anyways, but they have their bullpens currently um, on the side, on left and right field sides. So I'm curious where they're going to move those bullpens. They do have space on the other side of the wall where fans can normally go. I wonder if that's where they're going to move the bullpens because you already have limited space in the in the in Tropicana so I'm I've, I'm curious where they're going to move their bullpens but the Blue Wahoos I'm actually I'm, they're they already said they're moving their bullpen into the outfield
1: I've never been a fan of bullpens that are on the field I know my high school golf breeze I believe as well uh pace they all, all have their bullpens off the field but you had off some, the field you right. had some schools like <laughs> Washington for instance they had their bullpens right there like right on the field so you know I think Tate did? Yeah, as well, no. Tate has their, own, they have a bullpen on the side. Okay, yeah. I, I remember throwing at Tate's bullpen. Um, I will say this: like Washington, though, like you have to, you have to send like a whole other guy down there just to. So you're like, and while you're warming up, because the pit, the the pitcher's mound is facing, your back's facing towards home plate. So like the pitcher's not facing home plate like usual. It usually is the catcher at most places. Like at the Wahoos, the catcher is facing his back is to home plate, and you have to send an extra guy down there just to so like if a ball's hit or anything, like you know. You can protect that guy. I mean, it's just like I've never been a fan of it just because of casualties that can happen and just extra stuff that shouldn't be around. I feel like if you just put it off the field, it's easier. So
0: I almost lost my train of thought. But no, anyways, I'm very excited about this uh, Monday doing the baseball series and just good to have some live baseball going on. And with that, coming up in May, we do have the Blue Wahoo season and paperwork signed. We're ready to go. Going to be airing those games as well. You'll be hearing Chris Garagiola on the call come uh, in May, but you'll hear the both of us starting on Monday, Golf Breeze in Escambia at 6 30. So looking forward to doing that and looking forward to having y'all there with us. Now, before the segment ends, I cannot end this segment without introducing Drew. He is fresh out of Indianapolis, just moved to Pensacola, fresh higher was so eager to get to Pensacola basically packed up a couple days later already here him and I grabbed Starbucks the other day and I asked Drew so when are you going back up to Indy to grab the rest of your stuff?" he said mom and dad are bringing it I'm here so Drew officially welcome to ESPN Pensacola thank you I'm happy to be here I'm pumped I'm really excited so tell us a little bit about your experience in radio this isn't new to you you've you have some years under your belt Uh, You went to Butler University. You did some of your interning over there as well as in the Indianapolis market, large market, and you sort of bounced around from there to kick off your career. So let us know about your career in radio. Uh,
2: Yeah, so started, I guess, yeah, in college. I interned at uh, ESPN affiliate in Indy and CBS affiliate in Indy, and that's how I kind of got my feet wet in the industry and just fell in love with it and uh, played sports growing up, so I knew I needed to be involved in sports. I don't, I don't know what my life would be like without sports. Uh, like, it almost seems necessary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, involved in sports my whole life. Got involved in radio and uh, moved, moved out to Colorado after for my first job out of college and worked there for a little while, really small town, um, just doing everything that I could and then got into TV a little bit realized then i think that radio was where i wanted to be at and having experience that's just what i really enjoyed and really loved and built on my network and then obviously the position came open here and applied and i'm just really happy to be here and just pumped up the weather is is much better than in indiana i was
1: about to mention it's like a
2: whole 180 (laughs) when it comes to
1: weather change (laughs) right yeah Yeah.
2: was there still snow on the ground when you left indy there was not we had just gotten over uh, about eight inches of snow melting so it, it 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 actually wasn't too bad. It was like 65 and sunny. That's so, there you go. That's eight inches more than we've had here it's, in the past
0: 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it's, so <laughs> it's, right. it's 77 degrees here right now, which is probably, is what I think it was 80 yesterday. It was. It was 81. It, it's been the hottest it's been probably all winter long. We're, we're now at that point where I think we're going to get another cold snap this next upcoming week. There's going to be some rain, then more some more cold weather. But I think even for you, you're going to say this is nothing. Yeah. Like our colds, if it gets in the 40s for an extended amount of time, people are getting upset.
2: Yeah, yeah, that and, and that's like a normal thing, you know, in India. It even gets lower than that obviously. But c- c- cause sixty five is like May ish type of weather in, in Indy. So that we had a little bit of a of a, a heat wave come in and now it's back to normal, I think, down there. It's in like the forties or fifties, which it's getting better towards late March and early April, but it's all it's windy as all get out and it's just as cold as it feels like, you know, in February. Yeah,
0: you know, when I was in Chicago, I did, it would it really wasn't that windy. I know really? they call it the windy city, and I heard that they only call it the windy city because the politicians there are full of hot air. Yeah. Which is yeah, uh, that could be true for a lot of politicians. I actually I like a lot of our politicians you were here. There and but you were wearing shorts like half the time you were I there was too. wearing shorts. When I first arrived in Chicago by the way, it was thirty two degrees and there was snow on the ground. And there was still snow on the ground when I left but it was melting. The it was in the sixties uh, the last two days I was there, so it was very comfortable. And the last day, the last full day we had there, I was in T-shirt and shorts, and we were riding bikes. It was, it felt amazing, especially when the sun was out.
1: It doesn't seem right. I know. Oh, no. it, it was kind
0: of <laughs> weird because it was, it was 64 degrees outside, and you were still seeing the snow because it was, just, it was there from the previous winter storm they had, but it was just melting away. But, Drew, no, man, I am so excited that we finally found our person, our person that's going to be here uh, he, he's going to be a regular voice on ESPN. Get ready to hear him Monday through Friday on uh, Talk Football with Coach K. Also on the Sports Drive with Chad Brilliante. He's going to be the guy for both of those shows, and I'm very excited to have you here. Looking forward to what we can accomplish.
2: Yeah, I'm excited again. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm just pumped to get started. Yeah. And Drew's not
0: going away today. We have him. He's going to be joining us for the rest of the show. We're going to get into March Madness next. We're going to dive into all of the good things happening in the sports world. That's next on Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 a.m. and 99.1 FM. This is Sports Call. This is Saturday. So I hope you are spending this Saturday doing whatever it is you want to do. But I hope it involves listening to us. We have Drew in the studio with us. And, of course, as always, we have Justin Patrick. We also have Wren, who is our awesome intern. She was killing it last week at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Where, uh, First off, uh, what an exciting opportunity for Pensacola to be able to host a conference tournament like that in the division one level the sun belt the fun belt as it's been called lately with teams like coastal carolina but then also in the men's bracket you had appalachian state coming through and upsetting everybody a four seed and they're moving on to the big dance i think for the fourth time in program history
1: it was crazy watching them play i mean they were literally just they had two overtime games one versus uh, texas state then coastal carolina which that overtime versus coastal it was really good and I was just, I was ready for a big build up. Like I was right there at mid court, and I was ready for a big build up because they had just gotten ball back with 4.7. They're down by three. They're drilling down the court. I'm ready for a shot. I just want a shot to happen. Ball gets stolen. I'm like, all right. Well, that just really ticked me off because that sit through five minutes of basketball going back and forth, and it just led up to a no shot happening, just a ball being stolen. But App State, um, Michael Almonesy, absolutely shot it out the gym against Georgia State. 32 points, I think it was. He had about four straight threes at one point, and he was just shooting out the gym. Uh, At one point, I mean, people were really just going crazy over this guy. He shot out the gym, and he was MVP of the uh, championship game too, and he was also uh, first team for the conference tournament as well.
0: I have to give a shout out to, I believe it was a guy from South Alabama, if I remember correctly. So Chad and I on Sports Drive, this was on the Friday, day one of the tournament. This the first game that we called was the five o'clock it was around five o'clock in the game tipped off it was South Alabama against UL Monroe the first shot of the game and I'm pretty sure it's from South Alabama I don't know what happened and Chad and I are on air we're talking and all that good stuff this guy I think the ball slipped out of his hand as he was trying to shoot it he ends up like pushing the ball and it was trying to go for a three hits off like the the very top of the backboard and like goes out of bounds. Oh, I remember listening like, to that.
1: Yeah. I remember like, trying to break that down. We
0: were like, we. I, I remember I, Chad was talking and he took the shot. I I need to look for the audio because I th- I'm i pretty sure my reaction was, oh, that was not a good shot.
1: No, yeah, no. Yeah. I remember but, that's exactly what you said. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, that was not a good shot. Well, then I'm watching SportsCenter yesterday and every Friday they do the top 10, like not the not yeah, top not 10.
1: SportsCenter not top 10. It was yeah. number one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was number one. And I was I was laughing to myself because I'm just thinking, wow, like I, we were literally on the call for that mm-hmm. when that happened. And who would have thought I, I didn't even think about it at the time as being like a not top 10. I just thought, man, that was just a really bad shot. But even when you watch the replay of it on TV, because you don't really notice it in person, like when he shoots it, it like slips. And then he just looks all weird as he's trying to, like, force the shot because he had already jumped in the air. So if he goes back down with the ball, it's a travel. So yeah. he had to get rid of it and he just kind of pushes it and it went off it looks so ugly especially seeing it on tv and that ended up being the number one not top 10 so i was like wow well go go right, us right we were a here, part of that
1: right here from Pensacola, right <laughs> so, from the base center love to see it and
0: Beautiful. then congratulations to the uh, troy women's basketball team yeah, they were that, the number one seed in the east and they were one of the teams expected to win
1: the tournament and yeah, sports call was live uh, from the um from the base center that during that show and you know, we were trying to get you on air and talking. We were trying. We put struggling. in the effort. It wasn't when, the greatest thing we've ever put out, but I mean, we, you were there. We heard your voice there for I think it was probably about fifteen minutes. For you were driving to what Century at the time? I think it was.
0: I was driving to Century. In fact, I was in Century. I had just gotten into Century, and that was when I started to lose you guys. Yep. And y'all sounded good. Sounded good to me. There was a little bit of a lag that I, I realized it was like a 10 second lag. Yeah. So that was bad. something we had to work through, but you know, we're trying to do something that not, I don't think has ever been done here. I'm trying to do a radio show while I was driving. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it just, it's hard. I mean, unfortunately I've, lost signal.
1: I've done phone calls while driving to like the senior bowl and stuff like that. And me and Ren, we were doing the uh, Texas state and Troy ladies game and Troy, they had a, Great team. I mean, they had two girls with a double double already, not even halfway through the third quarter. She was killing it. Yeah, I mean, it, they it, took was, her it was was die. It was really a good. A total
2: of one minute in yeah. the entire game.
1: Yeah, she was. It was a really good game by her. I know we weren't able to stay for the full game because I had to go call play by play for the UWF baseball team. They swept Mississippi College this week. A game I called Saturday, they 10 0'd them in seven innings. I mean, they had mercy them. So, I mean, it, that UWF baseball this year is. On a hot streak, same with softball. They're in the top 25 right now as well. So watch out for both those teams. Not big when it comes to power for the baseball side of things, but the way they play small ball, really good. I know in the game Saturday that I called, they had three home runs all by players who had in a home run so far this year. So they're not six or seven now players who have who have a home run up on the board, but not like guys who are up there like with five or six. It's one or two on each of those players.
0: You know, I was actually, I was talking about this with Drew earlier before the show began, how for baseball players and softball players alike, and for other uh, athletes whose sport takes place in the spring, last year had to have been devastating mm-hmm. for especially the seniors. Well, I think those seniors were granted an extra year of eligibility, they so yeah, they were able to come back. And I'm sure there were some who just decided, you know what, I'm graduating and I'm calling it a day from there. I'll it's, just move on.
1: Except for the uh, anyone in the winter sports, so basketball. I believe swims uh, sports like that. They weren't granted an extra one. They were just because they like because basketball nature, because you
0: played your whole regular season. You played season. your whole
1: regular season, which sucks because it means like it's kind of like back in the sixties. Oh, you play a regular season like all oh, your depending on your ranking. That's if you're a national champion or not. You know, you might play a game in a bowl game like the Orange Bowl or whatnot, but. That's all you played, but now nowadays, I mean, it's like how we had it this year. You have the conference tournaments, which are still going on. Um, you know, my Tar Heels lost to Florida State yesterday. Florida State they're moving on to the finals today.
0: Game uh, heard right here on ESPN Pensacola. You'll correct. We're, we're going to continue
1: to air those games as long as which we I can. mean, some people are saying Florida the that the North Carolina Florida State game should have been pushed back to today because North Carolina didn't get a break. Florida State did because well, Duke they had. That's right.
0: Duke had taken themselves out due to a COVID test on a positive test on their team. So Duke's season is over.
1: So first time since 1995 that they will not be reaching the March Madness tournament. Which for Coach K, I mean, it was an impressive streak, but this year was just not that year for them. Uh, I believe they're probably going to have a lot of those kids come back because you don't really have players going off this season that hey, our team wasn't that good. I should still go to the draft. No, no one's going to say that right now because. Your team, the way the way they do, it's gonna it's gonna play a factor into how where your draft spot is. Like K Cunningham, like Luca Garza over at Iowa. I mean, you're gonna have, so you're gonna see a lot of those Duke players come back. UNC though, they've really turned things around. I mean, they beat Florida State earlier this season in the last game they played against them, and then they were in a really close game with them last night, only losing by three. Um, but yeah, I mean, UNC, I look out for them in the tournament. They'll probably be around a six seed. I I, I expect, but Florida State, they have a chance to win it all today. So, I I'll lose it tomorrow, I believe.
0: Oh, tomorrow, I think. I know these tournaments, they tend to happen real fast. Tomorrow's selection Sunday, so I think a lot of these championship games are tomorrow.
1: Georgia Tech and Florida State, they play tonight. They play
0: tonight. That that would make sense. And then the winner, we would go on to the championship, which should be played tomorrow in all these major conferences like the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. I think even the Pac-12. Right. Uh, nor normally they play their at least in football they play their conference championship on a Friday. But still, yeah. You, know, you mentioned you mentioned Duke, Kentucky. There's unless they win the SEC tournament, which I think they've they, been eliminated. They've not been eliminated. Uh, the like these blue bloods are just having a really really bad year. Like first time I think that both kentucky and duke are not going to be in the tournament together since the 70s and i'm pretty sure unc was on
1: that trend too that's the thing unc was on that trend Uh, they'll make it unc will make it kansas will make it too. kansas they had to forfeit the rest of their tournament texas moved on because their coach tested positive so kansas they automatically forfeited their tournament but they'll still be playing in, in march madness probably won't get a seat a high seed as they were expected to because they didn't finish all the way through the conference tournament, so that might have dropped them a spot or two. But they'll still be within good contention to make things happen and move a couple rounds into that tournament.
0: You know, these one-and-done Blue Blood teams like Kentucky and Duke, they're they are having a bad year this year. And it's just one year. I don't want to use this one year as my overall determination uh, of the history, or at least the future of one and Duns, mm. but I think that that's a good example of you you get you're, you recruited group of guys during COVID, and ultimately it doesn't lead to success. These are probably guys who in two to three years are going to be really really teamed, or really good players contributing to your team. That's one of the, that's one of the things I think that Rory Williams has done so well with is that he does recruit guys who aren't one and Duns. Exactly, he has guys who stay all four years, have- and usually by their junior and senior year, these guys are leading UNC to a national title.
1: You have the. Um, Bryce Johnson's, the Joel Barry's, the Kennedy Meeks. You have all these guys who stayed to their junior and senior years. Justin Jackson. Luke Mays. Yeah, Luke May. I mean, Luke Mays. He's the perfect <laughs> example of that. He played five years That guy years was there. awesome. I mean, you had Roy Williams. He's a definition of what I love to see in college basketball and college sports as a whole. We've gone over this a lot of times before, and I like to see these players stay and build something because they're actually showing that college ball means something to them and that they're actually taking this part of their life really seriously. Other guys like Andrew Wiggins or Joel Embiid or Zion Williamson, they're just there to you know, take a quick trip, a little vacation out of this other town and this whole other town for six months and then head to the NBA draft and make their money. But, you know, I like to see this in college basketball because it's what made these Blue Bloods what they are today. It's why Duke is what they were. Christian Leitner, he was the perfect example of what Duke used to be. They used to have these guys that would stay three, four years before they go to the draft. But now Duke, they're turning to what Kentucky has always been. Uh, under coach calipari and that's being the one and done. they they'll go recruit you know top 25 players in the country go go deep into the tournament might not win it but still they're going to go head to the draft i mean that's how I, they are I, see,
0: I don't know why basketball won't adopt the baseball that's what i brought this up on quarter
1: three last week i said we they need to pick up the baseball rule because the baseball rule yeah you can go to the g league or somewhere else after high school but if you go to college you play those years
0: Play th- at least three years, exactly, which is what f- how it is for football. But baseball does allow you to go pro right away. Well, how many of these kids out of high school actually go to the majors right away? None of them. So they go to the minors, the mm-hmm. rookie ball, rookie level, one A, two A. You know, they, and they'll work their way up the system until they're ready to go. And a lot of times, these kids out of high school don't make it for two, three years. And that's if you're really good. If you're sort of middle of the pack, you're probably spending. Seven years in the minors before you finally make your break in the majors. That's happened to a ton of professional athletes, especially in the baseball level. In basketball, you could start them off in the G League or some sort of development league, which the G League is literally that. So you can start them off in the G League. Maybe some of them are good enough to where they can go straight to the pros, like LeBron James. I thought Zion was a perfect example of that. Zion, to me, was sort of the latest example of why a guy doesn't need to go to college. He, He can go to pro right away, but not every basketball player is like that, and I think that a team like Duke is sort of going through this right now. They have a, gu- a bunch of guys on their team who probably think they're going to the NBA right now, but the reality is they're probably not ready to go to the NBA right away. If they stick around and play a couple of years, these same group of guys can lead Duke to a national title, probably, because yep. I think those are the kind of players that Duke can recruit, but for right now, I think that for Kansas, for K- uh, Kentucky, uh, Kansas really had a decent year. A decent uh, Kentucky and Duke are really the biggest two examples that stand out to me and you can even throw North Carolina in there. Yeah. They weren't good uh, last year. I would too. Uh, you know, these are guys that they aren't going to go to the NBA right away. They should stick around well, and they should develop around their franchise or their team, not franchise. There's
1: a reason why some of these teams are not where they where we're usually expecting them to be in the top 10s, top teams, And The reason why, like, we usually see Kentucky on top of the SEC. This year it's Alabama. They only have one freshman in their starting lineup. They have two seniors and then a junior and a sophomore as well. They have chemistry already built up within that starting lineup. Yesterday they had, I believe it was they scored 84 on Mississippi State, and they beat like 84-48, and they only had, I think it was three players within who had – uh, a double in points which is really rare because you team scored 84 their highest score had 14 points They had every player involved in that game yesterday off their bench And that just shows you what Alabama is starting to build with within their basketball program And it's a really good look. I like to see it. You know, I like to see Kentucky not on top every year I mean, they're 9 and 17 to end the year. So I mean, so it's nothing special when it comes to them um, I will also say this though when it comes to like teams like Kansas. They're usually atop top the big 12 and this year we have teams like Baylor. You have teams like Oklahoma State. They're all fighting. They're they're all playing. I mean, the Big Twelve is the basketball conference this year. Usually it's the ACC in my opinion, but we might. I mean, the ACC right now they're nowhere near what they usually are. Um, ACC, I would say probably every year you have a, a one or two teams in the ACC uh, in the top ten. Uh, this year you have no teams in the top ten right now for the ACC. Uh, for the Big Ten, they're they're another conference that they've popped off as well you have illinois michigan iowa there that's three four and five when it comes to the top 25 and that's all big 10 right there and then you also have ohio state they're sitting there in the nine spot that's also another one so right now you have four teams from the big 10 in the top 10 right now and then for the big 12 they're the same way they have baylor at two they have west virginia at 10 I mean, there's a a lot of teams right now that we're not usually expecting to see in the top 25 and the top 10 that we're seeing this year. It's a whole different look of college basketball. I think the one-and-done rule is playing a big effect into it because look at Iowa. Luka Garza? They're retiring his number. They made that announcement the other night. They're retiring his number, and you know it's his senior year. He'll retire, Fifty-five will never be worn again by another player at Iowa.
0: And you know that guy's probably going to win the uh, the Wooden Award, it which was, is he was runner that's, up that's, that's the Heisman for basketball. Yeah. He'll, he's right now the front runner for that. He'll likely win it. He was runner-up last You know year, what's so crazy is that I was listening to some NBA draft analyst stuff. It was just a part of a Sports Center segment. They were mentioning how Luka Garza will probably go undrafted, and I'm and I I just. <laughs> I can't identify what makes a basketball player a number one prospect. I can identify what makes a really good baseball player, what makes a really good football player, because I'm more familiar with those sports. But you know, whenever I watch a sport like basketball, which I love basketball, I do watch it frequently, just not near as much as baseball and football, I I, I see a guy who's seven feet tall, who's powering his way through everybody, and yet they're saying he may not even get drafted. Which so is, I'm wondering, what are, what, are, what are you looking for then? If this guy's the number one player in all of college basketball, he's probably going to win your version of the Heisman Trophy. He has Iowa in a really good spot in the NCAA tournament. They're going to go to the tournament. It's just a matter of where they're going to get seated. So he has this team in a really good spot. What exactly am I missing? Well, I mean, I don't get paid to do that stuff. I and get paid to just talk about it and
1: blabber. And it's also the fact that the matter the guy's shooting he's a center shooting forty two percent from the three point line. Which I'm like, that's kinda rare in my opinion. You have a guy that's big shooting. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki well.
0: could do that. Exactly. Not and
1: it's many other people. It's uh, he's just not an ideal center, I guess, for the league. Um you know, he's got similar things to Jokic with the way he his shooting ability is I'm not saying he's as good as Jokic of course because I mean that's the joker and you know he's the reason why he's a top 3 MVP candidate speaking of MB, MVP candidates Joel Embiid he, him going down with a knee injury last night in his game so that's a that's a big injury when it comes to the race because you still have LeBron he's still two right now and you have Jokic as well fighting for it as well but back to Luka Garza I mean the guy he's a shooter but Kay Cunningham guys like him those are the... Uh, from yeah, who's Obama projected
0: State. to go number one.
1: Correct. No, who's those,
0: really good, by the he's way. He's extremely good. He's really... He's, <laughs> he's like, a, that guy's a baller. I mean, he...
1: he um, what was it? Two weekends ago, he dropped 40 points, 11 rebounds, and I think... set. I think seven assists. I mean, it was an absolute just berser- berserk game. I mean, he just popped off.
0: Went berserker mode. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it was crazy. I mean, Kay Cunningham, he, he's a shooter. He does a great job. Um, Luca Garza right now, though, he's... 20 uh 23.8 points right a game right now 8.7 rebounds and then 1.8 assists which his assists aren't that great but he's a sen- center You're, you don't expect yep. those guys to dish out the ball that much you expect him to have eight or nine rebounds a game like he's shown that he can do
0: you know i uh if, actually, did you want to hop in here Drew? Oh, yeah, i yeah, could yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah, were, yeah, you were you like, dying yeah. to jump in know, here know, i was, I was looking waiting. at you you were ready was,
2: to go i was just waiting no but like like the big 10 like we talk about the whole blue blood thing like michigan state is another team like north carolina where yeah, Michigan Tom is gets guys that stay for three, four years on a regular basis. And then, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, those teams are, they recruit guys who are, you know, three stars or four stars. They don't really recruit five stars like that, but they stay the entire time and they're always good. You know, Michigan state is always involved most of the time, whether it's NCAA tournament or they're always a team that can make a run or Syracuse too. It just, it just takes them getting to the tournament and then they can Just go because experience, like like you mentioned, Justin, Uh, is so important.
1: Yeah, and Coach Izzo, his program has not been what it used to be. I think the last time Michigan State was a really top contender – from my knowledge, I might be wrong on this, was when I think they went to the Elite Eight, they had Valentine as one of their main shooters. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much one of the last times that Michigan State was an actual threat when it came to college basketball. They haven't been that for a while. And also, I do want to shout Roy Williams before you mention this point that you're about to come up with, Davis, is that Roy Williams, he did pass Bob Knight for third all-time and wins with that win over Virginia the other night, which that that's was a huge deal. game yeah, for him. One. I mean, that was big it was one. big Bob Knight. I mean, we actually discovered something in Ren's, uh memorabilia that uh, of her dad. She has a basketball signed by Bob Knight. And I was just like, sweet. Phew. I wow. mean, this guy was the head, he was a head coach of an <laughs> Olympic basketball team, multiple national championships. The last team fourth now all time in all wins. By the so. way, the
0: last team to go undefeated in college basketball and win a national championship. So it was the 1971. 1971- Indianapolis team or India, Indiana yeah. team, I should say. They're not in Indianapolis. I mean, Bob
1: Knight, he was an absolute legend. So passing him, it really does show. Roy Williams, you know, he is a, a Hall of Fame coach. Out there, Coach K, him and um, Coach Beheim, you know, those guys, absolute legends when it comes to basketball. And, you know, the ACC, they're not coaching the teams that they usually we're used to seeing come out. From the ACC, we're usually seeing Syracuse, Duke. I guess you, can, Syracuse. I think they're borderline. They might. I think yeah, they're on, they're, they're on the they're, bubble. I yeah, think. They're, I mean, they're a bubble
2: team. It's because right the consistency with was, Georgetown wasn't there with them. Well, and game. I think that's what makes college basketball really cool. Is you know guys like Luka Garza who might, like you said, go undrafted. I mean, the guys like the most dominant player in the paint. You give him the ball, and everybody has to double him. Otherwise, he's going to likely score. And he might not have like the athleticism, I guess, that the NBA is looking for, but. Yeah, that's where guys like even in college football we see it too. Where there's guys who you watch play, like Tim Tebow, didn't really work out in the NFL, but he's a great, he's one of the best college football players of all time, and right. you can't, you know, you, you can't deny that. And,
1: and that's what makes it so difficult now for college football going to the nfl is that mm-hmm. we can see and tim tebow is the greatest example that i can ever put out of this is that quarterback styles could be so strong there in the college ball that they will fall apart in the nfl and you know it's same pe- same reason why people do- like dogged on lamar jackson and kyle murray co- coming out of college is because it's like we've never seen it succeed for more than maybe six seasons Being michael vick you know we never saw these guys succeed that long um I will say this so for college basketball I don't have the greatest knowledge of it but it's it's kind of a similar thing it's, they, these two sports they fluctuate so differently because you'll have guys in the NBA where it's pretty it's mediocre if you're putting up you know 15 points a game and college ball that you're you're maybe a second round pick with that you know so it, it, it's, it's a it's a whole different type of thing because it's the play style it's the coaching and also your schedules as well I mean it's it's a completely different atmosphere
0: So we have to take a break. We are way over in time, but I do want to mention the slate of college basketball games that we have today. If you are wanting to watch some really good college basketball, today is the perfect day of all days. First off, at noon, we have a couple of good ones. Tennessee and Alabama. Tennessee beat Florida yesterday. Florida... Uh, had a horrible moment yesterday where one of their players elbowed a Tennessee player led yeah. to an ejection. But Tennessee was going to win that game regardless. They did beat Florida. And now I wonder if Florida is going to make it into the tournament. I wouldn't be surprised no, if I they didn't. Sure. Uh, that's at noon. Alabama has a damn good basketball team this year. And at the same time, you can flip on over to CBS during a commercial break and check out Michigan and Ohio State. Number four against number nine. Then Arkansas. They, they're number eight in the country. They have an awesome team led by Coach Musselman. They're playing LSU. LSU, they're looking like a I think they actually might make it in at that same time flip it over to CBS during the commercial break if you want catch Iowa and Illinois another top 10 matchup three against five Houston, which by the way, Houston used to be an extremely good basketball program. They're ranked number seven. So they're still really good. They are taking on Memphis and around that same time SDSU San Diego state. They actually have always had a pretty good basketball program. They're ranked number 19 playing at five. Also on CBS at that same time, you have Oklahoma state and Texas 12 against 13 Creighton and Georgetown. Georgetown doesn't look like they're going to make it in, but Creighton certainly will. And then at seven, 30 catch the game i believe right here on espn pensacola but fsu ranked number 15 they're fresh off the victory against unc and i think they're one of the favorites to win the acc conference Uh, They're taking on Georgia Tech, which, by the way, Georgia Tech was supposed to play Virginia yesterday. And I guess Virginia had a COVID outbreak because they didn't play. Georgia Tech is now moving on. That's going to be at 730. And then the night capper going to be Colorado and Oregon State. Colorado is the ranked matchup there. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament no matter what. That's representing the Pac-12. So an awesome slate of some college basketball going on. That's going to be happening throughout the day. As early as 15 minutes from now, we'll be catching two games that we'll be flipping our channels back and forth here in the studio. In the meantime, though, we do have to take a break. This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 a.m. and 99.1 FM. You can catch us. You can even join the show. You can join the show by dialing in at 623-1330. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of the conversation. Also, you can watch us because radio is also adapting to the TV method of things. Although we're not going to be on Blab TV where you would catch the Sports Drive Monday through Friday, you can catch us on YouTube TV. So go on YouTube, look up ESPN Pensacola's YouTube page, Follow us while you're there. Give us a follow, and then you can watch the content. You can also go to ESPNPensacola.com, and you can check out our live show there. We do this with most of our shows. Coach K is the one exception, but we do do this with most of our shows where you can catch uh, the the show as it's either airing live or afterwards in case you miss something. You can go back and watch it. Also, another thing that I love that this is now something we have It took forever to finally make it happen, but it's finally here, the ESPN Pensacola podcast page. We are now available on podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts, even. You can catch this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can just simply go to our website, ESPNPensacola.com, and we have the podcast page on there. You can scroll down to the bottom. You can find sort of a rotation of different episodes or you can just go to the podcast page and just sort of search and look for the show or interview that you want to catch that maybe you missed out on live. You can always catch them there as well. Oh man, so the players tournament's going on right now. One of my favorite golf tournaments of all time, although there's a little bit of a sour note in there with me because one, this was the tournament happening last year when golf and all other sports came to an abrupt stop because the... Tournament, I think they got the first round Underway, and then they said, okay We'll continue the tournament, but no fans Can be in attendance, but then More tests were coming out positive Other sports all around golf Were getting cancelled, and No one really knew The severity of this, and no One knew how to handle COVID yet at the time So rather than just say no Golf, no Mm -hmm. no people in attendance They just straight up said tournament's cancelled After the tournament even got started So it clearly won't happen again like that. They're going to play this whole tournament. It's going to happen. And thank goodness for that. There are some fans in the, on the course that are following and watching, which is a nice positive step forward. And it's in Florida. And our governor basically would say a hundred thousand people could be there if they wanted to be there. Um, But also uh, the, another reason why the players is also sort of a, a, a tender moment for me is because when I was in, of playing high school baseball, we were in the playoffs my senior year, and we made it to the regional finals, where we took on Pana High School, which is right down the street from where the players is, is located, and the tournament was happening at that time. Oy. So there was traffic all around because of the players. We were getting to our stadium, or the the baseball field. It's not a stadium; it's just a baseball field. We play the game. We were leading at one point, then we blew the lead. We lost the we and we didn't move on to the state semifinals. And so ever since then, I, we were like driving out and I saw signs and stuff for the players. And I'm like, I hate this place. But then no. I went, but then I got a free private tour of the course a couple years later, uh, the same weekend we went to the Florida, Georgia game. So it ended up being pretty cool. I love this tournament. I got to walk on the iconic 17th. 17th. green. I was about to
1: mention it, man. It was I, just, uh, I was just like
0: getting a feel of it. I, and I was really wanting to play it. Like, can I just grab a club and ball and just take one shot? One shot is all in the I water, ask
1: in the water. <laughs> My brother has
0: played the course twice. and I think both times plunged it into the water. I mean
1: that that hole is it's a hard hole. And I always love because you see so many different scenarios come out from that. I mean, I've seen such such weird shots happen from it. And you see guys fall apart in that hole, too. I mean, it, it it's crazy what can really happen at the 17th. Um, I know there's a couple times. What are they call uh, What is it? The, uh, the wooden planks on the side of it pretty much. If you have a guy who pretty much, let's say you're on the, on the on the path, on the left side of that path, you hit your ball there and you're a righty, you can't stand right there to hit your ball because, well, you'll go in the water if you try to. So you see guys that's coming like this approach shot, hitting like with a backwards club from the left side, trying to make oh, something yeah. happen. You know, that was
0: Matt Kuchar, yeah, who, Kuchar who first did that in a tournament, and then other players were trying to do it as well. And one of them hold it. Yeah. One of them hold it. And I thought that was really cool. But he's also a lefty, so he was like, I don't even need to do this. I can just be lefty and hit the ball. But he still did the trick shot, and he ended up holding it, which is pretty cool there. Now, Drew, I know you're a big golf guy. Did you actually go golfing uh, the other I day? I did go golfing, yes. Where'd you go? I went to Santa Kills. Santa like Kills. You had mentioned, yeah. Good place. One of, our favorite place, one of my favorite places. Might I consider well. that like a home course because I used to live right by it. And when I went to UWF, it was at the time owned by UWF, so students got a discount. And I think they still do. They might. I think they still do. I'm not really sure. Either way, they also have an amazing happy hour special. So one time, my buddy and I were my one of my fraternity brothers. We were playing around, and my brother just so happened to have been out there, so he joined us for the back nine. And then we were like, "All right, loser has to buy the round." Well, I was the loser, but my brother still bought the round. Three beers, five dollars. Can't beat that anywhere else. No. Can't at, beat that anywhere some else. Some restaurants,
1: you can only get a, a beer for $5. Yeah. I know and a, like, it's 6 bucks for a beer.
0: That's like a Bud Light.
1: Yeah. Not, not even something think it's, it's really you know, a Bud Light. Like, it's like... And n-
0: shout out to our friends at Lewis Bear. We love you guys. But, I mean, I'm an IPA person. But I
2: will drink a Bud Light if I have to. Like, if I if I absolutely need to. But how'd you shoot? That's what I want to know. Oh, uh, not, not too great. It's the first time I've played golf probably in... Five or six months, I think, with hmm. the winter and everything. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm, I am going to hit ball. balls and stuff, but I mean, I, as far as playing on the course, it's been a little bit, so knocking some of the rust off. Is there a top
1: will. golf in Indianapolis? Yeah, oh so man, lucky. I've never top been golf. to one. Well, I then did if you love to go. top
0: golf, you are going to be missing it because there is not one around
1: here. Yes, unfortunately. But, but Bubba Watson, he's got something in the works. Like it's supposed to be called Redneck Top Golf, apparently. It's uh, all about it, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we the, can make the it manager happen. over at um at um Pentacola Golf Center, which used to be Summit uh summit golf summit driving range uh, that's where I always go hit me and Ren and Cooper will always go hit there um she says like yeah, it's gonna be, like they're gonna pretty much, like strip this whole place up and it's gonna change up the whole look of it and we' have like food trucks and stuff out there apparently too. the way she described it sounded pretty good. I was like, but I mean that's the Bubba Watson way I mean he's gonna put something into the city. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's got the money to do it, so I'd love to see it (laughs) happen. All right, we have to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to Love It or Hate It next on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. When you hear that music, that means it's time to love it or hate it. Justin Patrick's going to read off a scenario, and we're going to discuss that scenario in the form of loving it or hating it. Justin, go. And we got to turn on your mic.
1: On. There we go. Thank you. And so uh, I have one thing. Cam Newton will have a bounce back here in the Patriots. will be in the playoffs.
0: Oh, we're going to discuss this more. I've got a vent on this topic. But no, he won't. He won't at all. I hate it.
1: Drew, give him a heavy of yours. Love it or hate it, man? Hate it as well. Hate it. I hate it as well, and I'm a Pat you fan.
0: I got to dive into this because I'm sort of bothered by it all. But we're going to get into this after this top of the hour break. This is Sports Call Davis and Justin, featuring Drew. Uh, You're gonna be getting a lot of him coming up here very soon, especially on Talk Football and on Sports Drive. But when we come back, let's talk about the Patriots and their bonehead decision to bring back Cam Newton. This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. Pensacola's home for hometown sports. Your home to talk football with Coach K. Sports Drive with Chad Brillante and Sports Call with Davis Allen. If you'd like to partner with ESPN Pensacola or become a sponsor, just give us a call at 262-6000. So we have a couple of quarterbacks signing with their teams going to be spending in one case more time with the team that they've already had a contract with. Of course, that being Tom Brady signing an extension with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which by the way, saves the team $19 million. So not only do they already have a ton of cap space, they're saving more to cap space because Tom Brady signs this an extension that would allow the money to be allocated in such a way, which by the way, Tom Brady has never been the highest paid quarterback in the league. He never needed to. His mon- the money that could have gone to him went to other players that helped contribute to the amazing teams that were the New England Patriots and currently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so when you see all these other quarterbacks signing these mass mega deal contracts Uh, Extensions or brand new contracts And it's not resulting into wins Well gee whiz I wonder why maybe because you spent All your money on one player Mm. and maybe not The rest of the talent now Patrick Mahomes Is to me of course the exception He deserves every penny that he gets but I want to I'm mentioning all this and And I have a big question The big question of the show is New England Patriots For as smart of a franchise As you've been the last 20 years Why did you bring back Cam Newton?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I should be the guy who speaks on this. Um, well, here's the thing: Cam does know the system well. He's been around it for a whole year now. Does he have the weapons that really a quarterback can usually produce a winning team with? No. His running backs played a big part of it. The run game was at an all-time high in the past, in the entire century of what 2000 has been. And Yeah, no, this is the first time we've seen a run game like this come out of New England for the fact that who's been at a quarterback spot These past, you know 20 years. Well, you know, he's in Tampa now That's why and the whole reason being is just that you know You change the whole playbook and you know, it's different from all these guys on the O line like Thoney, you know They're not used to it. It's different, but I still don't agree with the fact because here's the thing Cam Newton 12 rushing touchdowns on the ground That's the most that he's had since his rookie season but also, he had the worst touchdown-interception ratio since the Super Bowl, Super Bowl airs even started. I mean, that's eight touchdowns he threw and then also ten interceptions. His best game of the season was versus Seattle. And that was... And, and that was and, and, and that
0: was actually a game where people were thinking, this, this can could yeah, lead this team yeah, exactly. to the Super Bowl. And
1: I was one of those people. I was like, this could actually be a thing where it happens. I mean, he just got... Stopped on the goal line, but but, I mean it wasn't a surprise you I thought it was a bonehead play call because you've already scored twice That way being within the five you send cam in to rush it in You're not going to get it a third time that everyone knew what you were gonna do I mean we all saw it a mile away. No, so no one's surprised there You didn't have Edelman pretty much like that. That was the last game that Edelman really played in uh, was versus Seattle So Edelman not being in that game. You didn't have him the entire season then also Nikhil Harry First round pick, a waste, man. He's a waste. Yeah. They're they're looking in the trading and getting rid of him, but he was a waste. Defense? Yeah, I had high
0: hopes for him too, because I did draft him in fantasy the year that he was drafted to the New England Patriots. Yeah. And immediately when I picked him up, I didn't realize it, but immediately it was like I R. Yeah. Like he's already injured. Yeah. He hadn't even played.
1: <laughs> yep. Nikhil Harry, we wasn't anything special at all. Um the Patriots are a whole different look. And the thing is the I want to see what happens when free agency hits because the Patriots are top three when it comes to cap space available. That's big because we've never seen Belichick really have this type of money dealt to him. But also, that's another thing we have, we've never seen Belichick really have this type of control when it comes to money. So we don't know what he can produce, and I mean that in a good way, in a bad way, because we've always seen Belichick as a guy who, who has thrived off having a giant superior player and. Brady and then also one very great tight end and Gronkowski on offense and then thriving off these little guys Like your James White like your Julian Edelman like your Chris Hogan's like your Danny Amendola's You know, he's always thrived off those type of guys because well you got Brady as a quarterback and you know He can make so much happen with very little well, now you need to make a lot more happen on the outside when it comes to you got a guy who can't really throw the ball as well as Brady and Cam Newton. Yeah, he runs it well. He's a big body. But the thing is, we have to throw the ball if you want to make anything happen because Newton's getting old. He's not what he was his rookie season. He's getting beat up. His neck and his back are very different, and they do not hold up like they used to. So it's it's a different look for New England. Um, defense, I know we're going to miss a couple of guys. Stefan Gilmore, he probably won't be there come next season just to the fact that you know, you can probably get some good value off him. I think this year, maybe they might hit five hundred at most, but it doesn't look bright. I still have a lot to, of an opinion to de- develop depending on what happens to free agency.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird because, like, like you said, it's Tom Brady has always been there, and Cam is there, and and in a way, Cam is not obviously Tom Brady, and he's a good quarterback. I think he's still. I mean, he's able. But as far as talent level compared to Tom Brady, he's not there. And then when you don't have the weapons, then you're you're right to expect a little bit of a downfall, and, and we saw that. So like like you said, Justin, it's just a matter of what what do they do in free agency and, and what do they do in, as far as the draft and actually trying to get guys who are maybe not as much system, but you look at a guy who's maybe best available at a certain position that you would need and just say, let's see if we can coach him up to be a part of the system.
1: Let's see, that's also the main question here. What do you really go after in the draft with this 15th overall pick is that do you go after a weapon? or Do you go after a guy who could be your franchise quarterback? I think you go get a weapon and I think you go try and find a guy in the second round to be your next quarterback that you can build around Because here's the thing if you're looking for something that, that do have some success this season You're going to have to try and do a cam because you're not going to make anything happen for a rookie quarterback um, The best rookie quarterback last year in my opinion Justin Herbert uh, Joe Burrow was really good, too but Burrow, Unfortunately,
0: suffered a he, pretty he
1: gruesome injury. Yeah, he did. That's why. He'll be but, back sometime next year. The thing is, Justin Herbert and, char- and the Chargers, in my opinion, if they keep things very similar to what they had this year, they have a bright future of making things happen in that division.
2: Well, and the part of you not knowing what Belichick is going to do with that money, and, yeah. like, I'm a Bengals fan, actually. So organization known for not spending money. So that's the last thing you want is for them to be in, have a lot of cap space and then not utilize it because – The Bengals are known for going through the draft, which is great, but at the same time, they haven't spent money. And they did that last year, and they have started to build the team up. But the last thing you want, you know, is to have a team that won't spend money, which I think Belichick will. I don't think they're going to just sit back and just say, we're going to draft guys and just deal with it. That's
1: another thing is that the Patriots have never been a big team when it comes to doing great things in the draft. I mean, we see it now. Nikhil Harry, not a great success. Sony Michelle, he's been okay, but he won't be here much longer. Um, you have a solid lineman in Malcolm Brown. You got in the first round a couple of years ago. He's been okay. Um, but the thing is, Patriots aren't always been great because one, they dish out picks a lot. They also have lost a lot of picks due to suspensions and, and, you know, certain suits and what happened with the deflate gate. But, you know, so we're not big to seeing them focused on the draft, but this year they need to be focused on what they can really do with it. Some say they should try and trade that 15th overall and first round pick to try and get something else. I think, Go with your cat space, go with the draft, and see what you can make happen. I don't really like the idea of trying to trade for a big player right now when you should just try and make things happen with free agency, in my opinion.
0: With Cam Newton coming back, this, this was my immediate reaction. And I never watch Get Up because I'm always here at work, but uh, since I've been on vacation all week, I did manage to catch Get Up, and that was when they broke the news that Cam Newton signed the one-year deal. And I'm thinking it was, honestly, I know when they were reporting it, it's going to be true, but I thought it was a joke. My first reaction was, wait a minute, hold up, let's rewind. Cam Newton is I was expecting 32 it.
1: years old. I was expecting it.
0: I was not expecting it. He's 32 years old. We've been hearing a lot of talk about a guy like Mac Jones possibly going to the Patriots. I, it's still actually on the table. It, it would. I it think is. it would still no. actually be on the table, but Cam Newton spent most of last year either banged up or... Very, very inconsistent. Had a good start to the year. Unfortunately, it just didn't end well. It wasn't a strong finish. Uh now there is one thing that I could say, okay, this makes sense that they would bring him back. He understands the system. He's one year smarter in the Bill Belichick system. He is still Cam Newton. He won an MVP. He is a former Heisman Trophy winner. He has tremendous size. He has a cannon of an arm. Sometimes that results into him being inaccurate. Not always. He's still an athlete at heart. So, and also, I think there's some. Fi- I think he's a little fired up. Remember that video of him and that kid going at it with each other that, that led was to funny the kid having to that. apologize. I saw that. It was kinda...
1: up all the time. Like as soon as I trade up in the comments of every single social media post, it's like someone find that kid from that video. It's like yeah, but the thing is, I'm not surprised on this. I, me, my brother, my dad, we're all Patriot fans. And we we talked about it. We didn't like it, but we're like they're gonna resign him. because the reason being is that yeah you can go draft a rookie quarterback, but the thing is you're not gonna have a good season. So if you want to have any sort of success this season, you got to keep with a guy who did have you at seven and nine last year and who just made you miss a couple pieces.
0: I I was say, I think Joe Burrow last year. I was saying I said this a bunch and I said it a bunch on this show too that Joe Burrow was the quarterback. That reminded me most of Tom Brady. Well, now they're saying Mac Jones is also the most like Tom Brady, which also made sense to bring a guy like Mac Jones into the Bill Belichick system. If they both play a lot alike, if they both have some of the same characteristics, then bring that quarterback back to to New England, and let's see if we can bring back that success. Cam Newton, obviously, when it comes to physical traits, when it comes to I think also the mentality Mm -hmm. aspect of how they carry themselves and play the game of football. Cam Newton and Tom Brady are two very different people. You bring in a guy like Mac Jones, who is about the same size as Tom Brady. Uh, Mechanics are a lot of the same. Uh, I think the the pocket awareness is a lot of the same. Also, I don't think they both can scramble that well. Tom Brady clearly can't scramble that well, and it's been that way since day one for him. Mac Jones, I think, can run a little bit better, which might make him uh, a little bit more makes him more elusive to get out of the pocket and try and extend plays. I, I was all for the Patriots drafting a guy like Mac Jones. Will they still go for him? I think they, they still could. Because you're only signing Cam Newton to a one-year deal, and this time I do see it being the last year because I don't see the Patriots having a certain amount of success with Newton as their quarterback. And I hope I'm wrong because genuinely, if someone proves me wrong, that means they're going out there, they're playing some good football, that means they're giving me a good product to see. But as of right now, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Cam Newton is certainly in the twilight of his career. If he wants to keep his career going after this year, he better... He better he better do something. Can't well, do what he did last year. I will
1: say this is that Bill Belichick and Cam Newton actually have a really good relationship. And they Cam said it, Bill Belichick has said it. You know, people act like they don't, but it's just because like you know Cam didn't put out that great of work. But Bill Belichick has hyped up Cam to really say like he is a great worker. He has great work ethic. And I loved Cam Newton whenever I saw like going in, going into last season's because because his energy was a it was a whole different look compared to what the Patriots have, have, has ever seen under Brady. The energy was different. Edelman, everyone loved it just because it was it was a whole different style. And it, it, had, it, it had this moxie to it that I really loved and vibed with. But clearly, once we got halfway through the season, you could tell it just wasn't there for what we've seen coming out of the Patriots franchise usually. Um, I say they have a chance to be in a wild card. They're not going to win the division. I mean, look who's there, Bills. The, 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 the Buffalo
0: Bills. Bills are, yeah. yeah, they won't win the which division. Which is funny because a couple of years ago, you know, you're, you're talking about the Buffalo Bills. And for the longest time, just not a good football team. It took him forever just to win a postseason game. And now the Bills went to the AFC Championship game last year. Josh Allen uh, was... I mean, for I know when he was at Wyoming, people were just getting introduced to him. It took him forever just to get to Wyoming because... He was so overlooked. People didn't even know where, what city he lived in. He didn't have any, He was from a tiny little California town. He didn't
1: have any offers. He had
0: no big time he, offers. He, went he, JUCO and he wanted, then went to he, Wyoming.
1: He wanted to go to Fresno State. Went to a camp. The coach said like they'll never play D one. This and that. His story is actually pretty significant. Goes plays JUCO, then goes out to Wyoming. No one knows who he is, and absolutely just pops off completely. First round draft pick. No surprise. I mean, the guy had an absolute stunning career in college. But, you know, he's going to have an absolute stunning career in the NFL as well. We might see an MVP breakout with this he, guy within the next few seasons. Finished runner-up last year. Correct. Finished I mean, runner-up last year. He's he's a great quarterback. The Patriots, their best bet, you know, is going to be winning, uh, is going after a wild card just because the Bills will have this division handed to them pretty easily. And, you know, the Dolphins are right now a better team than the Patriots. They they in, in second, the Patriots are third. It's, uh you know, we don't even know what the Jets, I don't even know what, what can happen with them. But it's also the matter of the fact is that the Patriots had a really close game with the Bills last year. The Cam fumbled on on a very, on the last drive, fumbled the ball, which threw the game away. And then they got blown out. What was it? 30 to three, like 30. I might have been worse than that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember I was at, what, Marin's Christmas party (laughs) watching that game. And that game was an absolute blowout. It was horrendous. And I was just sitting there just like, all right. What's going to happen next year? Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, yep. I, I couldn't, even, I just couldn't even watch. I mean, I mean, I believe they they lost to, I think they lost to the Texans as well. Actually, you know, it's just like losing the teams you shouldn't lose to. It, it was, it was a horrendous season overall. Well,
2: and so, so Davis, if if you, so Justin already said he thinks they would draft a position player. Would you do? Would you pick Mac Jones at 15, or would you, or would you get? The thing is, I don't, I would see, I don't know I if Mac Jones if,
1: would still be there
2: just
0: because would, of the
1: hype that's right, right. going around. Why would you
0: sign Cam Newton because, and all of a sudden draft a quarterback in the first why round? Why wouldn't you?
1: It, it's it's building. It, it's building. It, it's 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 kind of like you're you're building your franchise. You because you're not going to go into a draft and say, all right. We're relying on a draft to get a rookie quarterback and, you know, build around that. Because why would you show that to other teams? Because they're going to try and take that away from you. Other teams will go after that quarterback and say, hey, we're going to completely screw them over because that we know that's what they were relying on was that quarterback in the draft that they were going to get. Why would you you're not going to show that you're relying on that you need to have something there? Why not you don't Jared Sinem is not the answer. Jared Sinem probably won't be in New England much longer Newton knows the playbook if you give him some weapons of free agency, you can make something happen This rookie quarterback. It's for it's all about building. We saw it done with Jimmy Garoppolo
2: and if worse comes to worse say cam still doesn't play that great then you know next year exactly you, you have your quarterback it's, and you have yeah. a weapon that's it's a very
1: similar situation with justin herbert it's a very similar situation with uh tua you know we saw these guys where we're playing behind you know tyrod taylor and then you know what happened with him with the tr- athletic trainer which was horrendous but it ended up benefiting the, the Chargers in the end because justin herbert he is the an- he is the answer and but tua you know he played behind fitzpatrick and For some reason, the Dolphins were on just a hot streak, and they just, like, said, all right, we're going to put two in all of a sudden and give it to him. And he won the first game and lost the second. It's just like we had to see Fitzpatrick come bail him out multiple times. And we don't know what really happened with Tua, I and mean, you know some people are saying that know,
0: is I think Tua is going to be just fine I mean, in Miami. Um, I and, think he's going to be just fine.
1: And in Miami. you still have teams like Atlanta; they're going to go after a future, their future franchise quarterback as well, and they have a top four pick. I mean, so why wouldn't they? But think I mean, about it. And the same with the Eagles; they could go after a draft pick. The Jets; they still. I mean, I still think they should. I of course know what the Jaguars are going to be doing, but I mean, I mean. The Jets right now, it's either they go after the O-lineman out of Oregon or that they go get uh, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson.
0: You know, we pretty much do this every year. As far as I remember, in the almost three years we've been doing this radio show, we've done it every year. But leading up to the draft, the Saturday before the draft, we always run down the first round and we give our picks. And by the way, we'll probably hit the top 10 at like 80% if we're lucky. The rest from there... It's gonna, I'll probably get 20% right if I'm lucky. If I'm lucky, you'll be lucky. So, and and yes, I'm definitely gonna look at Mel Kuyper's analysis as well as Todd McShay's, and I'm gonna, you know, or Ian Rappaport, the other people who tend to make mock drafts. I'll go over theirs and see what they're thinking, and then I'll try and apply what I know, or at least what I would like to see happen into this. So, that's gonna come up. The, the draft is April 29th. It's on a Thursday. First round's always on Thursday. Then the rest of the draft takes place until Saturday. It's going to be in Cleveland, by the way, which is exciting. Looking forward to Cleveland, you know, rock and roll city. And I think Cleveland's one of the places to be at the moment when it comes to at least football. They're resurging like the Buffalo Bills, you know, and they love their football team. So I just want to that.
1: a question. Who do you think? This doesn't just mean just one team or one player. I, I just want to know. Who will be if, if the team gets this player? What would, what would be the biggest steal of the draft? What player?
0: Who would be the biggest steal of the draft?
1: First round wise, let's go with that. I think anyone that gets.
0: Um, I think I think really anyone that gets Kyle Pitts. Okay. Or uh, Jamar Chase. Okay. I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts. Whoever gets Kyle okay, Pitts, Drew, they're in, they're they're basically telling their quarterback,
2: "Here you go. Yeah. Like you're welcome." Uh, as far as like a steal is concerned, or just like the best, if if they, or is it just well, see, any player? steal Kyle Pitts. Think is Kyle Pitts it's is a, it's already a, a top four pick. It, it, it's, so, it's a guy
1: who, in my opinion. Has been overlooked in this draft, but in my opinion, will do. Well, that's not Kyle Pitts. Thing. Right thing, exactly. Because right. right? he has that's, not that's been overlooked. What I'm right, right. Steel, steals are something that's overlooked, and then like someone just gets him. it's, it's yeah. an absolute, Like with Tyrese Halliburton for the Kings and then the NBA. Like that's a steal of the draft. What do you got?
2: Um, as far as a steal, I think, I think he's an offensive lineman from not he, he's not from Oregon. He he's not Sewell. I think Rashawn Slater is his name, or Slater might be his, his last name. Just. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a tackle. And he he recently said, I think in his pro day, I'm the best tackle in the draft. And Sewell obviously didn't play. So, you know, I think there's oh, some yeah, debate. the, uh,
1: the uh, Northwestern. North okay, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: I think if if somebody gets him and he ends up being, having a maybe a long, this might be a long time before we actually know this, but say he lasts longer than Sewell does or he doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, he's able to hold up more. I think he might be able to be, What some would consider a steal because you know, offensive line protection is such a important thing when you got star quarterbacks all over the place.
1: My biggest steal and the reason why I say this because until postseason happened, this guy was predicted to be sixty second overall pick. I think he's now predicted to be around twenty eighth. It's uh Najee, Najee Harris. I mean, the thing is this guy it's he's elusive. He has great size and he has good speed. In my opinion, he is the second coming of Derek Henry. He's not as big as Derek Henry, but he can run just as good as him. He has great speed. And in my opinion, he's a little bit more shifty, I think. And right now, a good team that could probably go get him is the Steelers. And if the Steelers were to get him, I, I'm a big being honestly, a they, we could see something really great come out of Pittsburgh. I don't want that to happen. I, I know you, you don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to because I don't like the Steelers because the Steelers, to me, are the equivalent to Alabama and the and the NFL when it comes to fans-wise. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Najee Harris, in my opinion, he was just so overlooked because he was so big and whatnot. But, I mean, literally the guy, I mean, they didn't start giving him real credit until the SEC uh, Conference Championship.
0: Yeah, Definitely being a homer here. But this guy's projected to go in the first round, Kadarius Toney. Yep. He's, he's he's projected to go late in the first round. And right Around now. the
1: Saints is what I saw. Uh, was going I on
0: saw Indianapolis Colts, uh-huh. which Colts would make a lot him. of sense. They could use him. And he's like a T.Y. Hilton, yeah. which T.Y. Hilton came I out of FIU. Even, I
1: wouldn't even say a T.Y. Hilton, more of a Tavon Austin, because you can run him from both spots from that. You can make him run jet streams with him, and you can also T- run, him, run him on deep balls. As <laughs> well. Austin, dude. That's
0: yeah. a, that, that guy is an,
1: Athlete. I mean, he, he was uh, what he was. I think uh, Kadarius Tony was second team All American for um, utility player, uh, and then uh, Najee was first team for running back, and then Travis Etienne was uh, first uh, first team for all purpose. And so, uh, second team All Purpose was Kadarius Tony. And Kadarius Tony, he really he had a great season. Yeah. You know, punting the ball, uh, proper turns, and also running the ball and catching the ball as well. And he did great.
0: Also, I think whoever gets a healthy Jalen Waddle. Yes. Jalen Waddle. Yes. He's supposed to be a first rounder. They're thinking middle of the pack. I think that whoever gets Jalen Waddle, uh, according quickest, to NFL.com, they have him go into the Washington football team. Quickest player. We'll see. You know, I, I think come, uh, come April 24th, that's the Saturday before the NFL draft, we're going to run down our, our first round, and we're going to, you know, from there, we can also talk about, I want to wait. But we can talk about who we did not put on our list that we still believe would be a big
1: time steal, a big time playmaker. And then also, not to mention that is there's a great chance that we might see Jarek Goff throwing over to uh, Devontae Smith come uh, in Detroit come next That's season.
2: That's right. Too, yeah. so. uh, one, I guess, follow up question to that: Who do you think could be the biggest? Like, they could be the biggest success, but they also could be the biggest like. Bust like the biggest risk pick. So to, like who um, like who
0: stands to be the biggest bust in the draft? Justin Fields,
2: or, or, or just like as far as risk pick, like you're you're taking a lot of risk by getting this guy. Like say he plays great and it's you you the guy's a Hall of Famer. But if you if you don't surround him with a piece, like who's, I think who's, the, who's the guy Lance. that could be the best, but also yeah, the yeah. I think no, Trey, Trey Lance, Lance right now
0: right now they're saying Trey Lance could possibly go to the Atlanta Falcons, mm. and I'm hearing that by a lot of people. Personally, I think I would like to see. Uh, Justin Fields go to yep. Atlanta because he's an Atlanta kid. He's from there, and I think that's. I think he he'll just fit right at home. Trey Lance to me is the biggest question mark, considering he has some slight accuracy issues, but he does not throw interceptions. I I'm just curious to see what can happen with him because, you know, he's from North Dakota State. You now Carson Wentz went there, and he did have a very very good season. And I actually still have hope for Carson Wentz at, Indiana, at Indianapolis, but with Trey Lance, I just. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I know everything about him and I know exactly how he'll play. I don't know enough about Trey Lance and he would be sitting behind Matt Ryan for maybe a year, maybe even two, depending on how long they want to keep Matt Ryan around and I just, I don't know enough about him. So for me, I think Trey Lance, given that he is receiving so much hype, I think he is the riskiest move.
1: He is just for the fact that, what, he played one game in the fall? It was a good game, too. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like... It, and North it's Dakota also, State's playing right now, and what? he could play, but it's, he's not. It's FCS, right? Yeah, yeah FCS. Uh, yeah, it's like it's, it's FCS ball, not playing the greatest competition. We haven't seen that much come out of him. Not saying that this guy can't be successful, but it's also, it's like the secondaries aren't the exact same. So that's why Trey Lance, he's a big Man. risk, can be a big reward, though, at the same time. We,
0: can, we could go on and on and on <laughs> about this we, all, we obviously love our football talk on this program, but we do have to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll go ahead and dive into some of these college basketball games as they are already underway. You're listening to Sports Call of Davis and Justin on ESPN, Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. So we have some college basketball action going on currently in our TV in the studios of ESPN Pensacola. We have on Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan holding on to an 18-17 lead with about 7.55 to go in the first half. The first thing that stood out to me, and I'm noticing that more and more players are doing this, but I'm kind of happy they're bringing the short shorts back. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. I'm. I'm, for, I'm a guy where I wear shorts. I hate it when my shorts touch my knees. You know, I might as well wear pants then. <laughs> like, why the hell are they that low? I mean, so see what I wear. Yeah, I, I mean. see what you're wearing. <laughs> like, I wear I wear shorts. Like, my most comfortable pair of shorts are actually what I'm wearing right now. But they're a 7-inch inseam. They're well above the knee, but they're not too high up the waist or up the leg. And, and I used to be a chubby's guy. I used to be. I'm not anymore. I am I, a I, guy. At one point in my life, I was. But basketball, for the longest time, they wore... You know, little booty shorts, essentially, <laughs> and so they didn't have to be that short. But now a lot of players are back to wearing the shorts at about mid-thigh level. I would be that player if I was them.
1: Well, it's because like the uh the long basketball shorts that you know like we the baggy always ones. yeah, like the ones that you know, like when you, you jump, know, Fab
0: like, Five from uh, Michigan uh, introduced that yeah, like, well, because whenever, shorts were still whenever tiny. You, the like time. step
1: out, like you have like it's just a giant parachute just coming off your leg as you're running, basically. You know, I never found those really. Like all that great of shorts, you know, I like these as a little bit more. I have to be a little bit, a lot more mobile. I never like having shorts come at my knees. You know, I'm always wearing either the 5.5 Chubbies or the 7 inch insane Chubbies. You know, that's what I always wear when, especially this time of year when weather's this nice. So I shout mean, out
2: yeah. Will Kennedy for asking me why Justin shorts are always so short.
1: Yes, I always have short shorts on uh, unless it's like at night, then I'll probably be probably wearing khakis for an event. But yeah.
0: I mean, I'm all about my shorts. You know, I'm, I'm definitely more of a shorts guy. When I was in Chicago, I was wearing my shorts because I, I would rather wear shorts than pants. That's just me. Although I will wear pants at, for the right occasion. And if it's cold outside, duh. But I I I, I've, I love how sometimes, you know, you look back at some of these pictures and they're just so baggy, especially between the late 90s to around 2010. Like basketball players especially had the baggiest uniforms in baseball often the pants are skin tight and then football you know their jerseys are normal you know they're pretty tight their jerseys it, but in in basketball they wore the baggiest clothes and then you take a look at the 2003 NBA draft where that was the draft that LeBron James baggy went suits. in everyone wore a baggy suit and then finally and now today it's more of the custom tailored suit that fits perfect to your body that's the way it should always be but for some reason, at one point, we adopted as a, as a society the baggy trend. Where does that come from, and why did we think that was a good idea?
1: No clue. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's been proven like, you know, fitted clothes fit better, especially on your legs. I mean, baggy pants. Nobody likes a baggy Atrocious. Pants.
0: <laughs> yeah, imagine walking around the mall or something, and someone's wearing super baggy pants. That's the guy that you're probably making fun of later. Or or if you're a good Christian, you're you're over there just minding your own business.
1: But still. <laughs> yeah, keep your opinion to yourself, man. All right. <laughs> walking
0: around in these incredibly baggy clothes. Like it's just it's it's like a flashback almost back to two thousand three. I think about the NBA drafts and I almost want to congratulate them on getting drafted.
1: Yeah. I'm watching this uh Michigan Ohio State game, which last time this game went on, it was probably one of the best matchups of the year. Michigan uh beating Ohio State 92-87. 92-87 really high-scoring game that they had. This one on seems on the trend to be a, a lot less than that one. But these two teams been good all year. You know, we have four, what is it? I think it is three versus five, right? Or three versus nine?
0: Yeah, see, I'm throwing off because they have the conference seeding. So Michigan's the number one seed against the f- five seed of Ohio State, which isn't bad considering Ohio State's still a top-ten team in the country and they're the fifth seed which, in their it's conference. It's weird
1: because like, you can be a, the fifth seed in the conference, conference but the nine seed and the uh in top 10 but actually you have t- you have seeds above you that are ranked below you in top 25 right which is that's just how college basketball goes because it's all about your conference record and your rankings there but with your overall rankings it's different
0: yeah and you know drew you just came from indianapolis where right. they're doing this conference championship but they're also doing the actual ncaa tournament final four in indianapolis so yeah. i'm
2: sorry i guess you're gonna be missing out on all that yeah, yeah. i'll be missing out it's, it's a bummer but i mean indianapolis is i don't know i i like to say it's one of the most underrated sports cities because people don't necessarily want to go there during the time i don't know the people don't want to go to the pacers they're a small market team at indianapolis i mean maybe because it's it's not the biggest city but they, we've hosted final fours we've hosted the super bowl before i mean it's the perfect place to you there's so much to do there's so you, much to do there yeah, yeah if you visit i mean there's so many different things to do and it, it's a good it's a good sports city we have nba there is nfl the minor league baseball team that we have is AAA, and i mean people love going to those baseball games we have minor league hockey as well um but it's a great city. it's a great host city at the least for whether it be the N T A tournament or the Big Ten tournament or just the You even
0: have the, well. dra- the the NFL combine. The yeah. draft yeah. combine. Yeah, yeah. side Lucas combine, Oil.
2: Right. Yeah, side of the combine.
0: You know, I've actually the first NFL football game I went to was a Colts game. It was actually the playoff game, Colts and Bengals, where Andrew Luck, still playing at the time, was like running and he gets tackled from behind and still throws the ball fifty yards and hits it on a dime into the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. And it was in the corner of the end zone where I was sitting, because I just bought the cheapest ticket possible, literally sat in the very top corner last row, was the cheapest ticket I could get. But I didn't care. I was just in, I was in town for a conference, and uh, it was Sunday, and I was still in town, and I wanted to go watch a football game, and I did. And that was, the, that was my first ever NFL football game was that playoff matchup between the Colts and the Bengals, and yes, the Colts won. Because the Bengals yeah. haven't
2: won a playoff game. And since, before, knows how since before I was born nineteen ninety. Maybe yeah. even before Wow. Just, all of us were born actually. And it, yeah. It's funny
0: how those franchises it's almost like there's like this <laughs> this weird hex on the franchise. At some point, a curse was placed upon y- your franchise and it just wasn't happening. And for a while my bucks were that way. You know, we won the Super Bowl in two thousand three and nothing happened since then. Well now we get Tom Brady, and we won the Super Bowl, so well, the go most, us. The
2: most notable moment being You're welcome. <laughs> the game against the Steelers where before Vontaze Berwick took tried to take Antonio Brown's head off, Jeremy Hill fumbled the ball, and all all we had to do was get a first down, and the game was over. And Jeremy Hill fumbles, Pittsburgh gets it, Roethlisberger's shoulder was hurt, and they just ran slam routes the entire way up the field, and then the, one, the hit uh, on Antonio Brown, which... Put them in field goal range, and then the rest is history. Kick the field goal, and yeah, that, that's probably the that's probably the pinnacle moment of me being the most angry at a sporting event. Just or not not being there, but just watching a game that I've ever been. It's just so infuriating because that was the moment, and because the other playoff games, like the Colts game, wasn't as much of a contest. Houston Texans have beaten the Bengals a couple of times as well in the playoffs. So
1: who? Who was your quarterback? Was you what Andy you know? Dalton? Yeah, I was like, no, no. Like, was, were you more of an Andy Dalton guy, or like, did you like AJ McCarron?
2: Um, I I liked Andy Dalton because I think he I think he got a bad rap because sometimes, I mean, everything falls on the quarterback at times, but most of the time, I don't think he obviously would make some bad throws, but throughout the game, he might be playing well, and then it's one play that he makes a mistake on that could literally determine the outcome of the game because I think in those playoff and in probably 2010 to 2015 the defense was consistently top 10 because Marvin Lewis was the head coach a defensive coordinator background the defense was always solid and it was just a matter of getting a quarterback that could make the biggest plan I think Andy was consistent he's a good game manager but if you need a play from your quarterback I he sometimes just wasn't able to get the job done like you see Patrick Mahomes do or Tom Brady do those guys can make the throws when they need to, and sometimes Andy just just couldn't quite do that. You know, I will say you're in some
0: good company, though, because all of us here like a team that's kind of out there. It's almost random that you like this team. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan because I'm from there, grew up over there, went to a bunch of the games growing up, so I, I'm a diehard Tampa Bay Rays fan. Justin is a Marshall Thundering Herd guy. He's from Huntington. His family has ties to... to Uh, Huntington and the school So Justin has his allegiance there Chad went to UCF so he loves UCF Like crazy and you're a big Bangles fan so we sort of have that Small niche but I Like it at the same time because when the day happens that those teams are good. Like I was I my team went to the World Series, unfortunately fell just they short. Were good. Marshall <laughs> had a good start, unfortunately didn't finish strong, but I think that with their quarterback they're going to be just fine moving forward. And let's say the Bengals I'm so with, with a healthy Joe Burrow end yep. up making it to the playoffs. Like you get to have a moment and cheer on your team. And yes, it's important to still stay uh keep in mind that you know we have teams here that are very popular, but I just want us to still be human and still be ourselves and have our have our supports. You know we we support our teams even if they're not here. I, I mean, of course I support the Blue Wahoos. And I went to UWF, so I'm a diehard UWF guy because that's that's my school. Yeah, I love the Pensacola Blue Wahoos because they're here, they're local. Same with the Pensacola Ice Flyers. I, I support these teams, uh, number one. But we still have our teams like that are from our hometowns. So for me, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. You have the Cincinnati Bengals, although you're from Indy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's a little bit weird. And and you have Marshall. And I think it's okay for us to, even when they're good, like take our moment and be like, that's my team. Cause no one else around here is (laughs) saying
1: that. Right. Well, shout out coach. Huff. He's got Marshall going the right direction. I'm excited to see what he will do. He brought back a Marshall legend and Chapman, you know, he's going to be one of the coaches there at Marshall. And so I'm excited to see it. Um, you know, I love Doc Holliday. He had a great 11 seasons there, but, you know, he settled for mediocrity, which I'm just like, we need, we need more aggression. Coach Huff, he's not a long-term thing. I think he's going to come show out for a couple seasons and show what he can make with this team and they'll get a big contract at a big school, which I'm excited to see just because I want to see Marshall stay on the map.
0: So, once again, we're over on time. Got to take a timeout. But when we come back... Uh, I think we said we were going to talk about more of the basketball tournament. Uh, we should still do that because we have some game action going on right now, and I do want to break up da- break down these matchups. That and more coming up next. ESPN Pensacola, thirteen thirty a.m. and ninety nine one FM. I'm alive. So I saw some news just now that I, if this actually happens, then I'm just going to give up doing sports radio. So Duke, I don't know if they were the ones that came out and said it, or if the NCAA came out and said it, but Duke ended their season because they had a COVID outbreak Mm -hmm. and basically took themselves out of the tournament. And they have a, they have a, I think their record is 11 and 11. So with that, it usually wouldn't be good enough to make it into the NCAA tournament. Well, I just see this in the bottom, and it says that despite withdrawal from ACC tournament, Duke could still play in the NCAA tournament. Could is the key
1: word, right? They won't. They won't. There's no. There's just, it's just like it, so yeah. much would have to happen. I, I feel like this, there's a factor there that like, it, it, it's like I feel like the percentage is literally with less than five like, percent for that to happen.
0: It's, I was just saying I'm getting. I'm trying to get their most up-to-date record just for reference. The last the last game they played was against Louisville.
1: They won. That was the first.
0: And Louisville, uh they, they beat Louisville, and then they had to withdraw from the tournament from there. They were supposed to play and then they had the COVID. So they ended their season on a high. The three game win streak, they're fourteen and eleven. That's the record. So fourteen and eleven, that's that's to me, if you had more victories, if you had more victories, then I could see Duke being in the tournament. At fourteen and eleven Something tells me they are going to end up in the tournament somehow. The The committee is going to award... They're going to reward Duke based on the name, the prestige of the program, and they are going to put them in the tournament probably as a 10, 11, or 12 seed. And something tells me that Duke is going to win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament. And I, I, I don't know why. It's just... I, because they're saying that Duke has an opportunity to get into the tournament now Something tells me that the committee is going to give them the favor and they're gonna be in the tournament they as sh- a higher-ranked I guess lower ranks. They seed.
1: should not be any higher than a 12 seed if they do uh, That means they let's go against teams in the top 25, which they do not have great success against uh, I would put them if anything a 13 seed a Maximum in my opinion uh, they, they don't deserve to be in the tournament, but a 13 seed would be best fit and with that first matchup They'd have to go against a four seed. So
2: Well, if you're putting them that low, that's normal those 12 and 13
1: seeds are normally reserved for the, the conference for yeah, the uh, For the group of five the, and that's what Marshall exactly. that's what Marshall got put in So
2: I, yeah, by default I wouldn't put him in there But aren't, aren't there teams that are more deserving like you look at the bubble yeah. layout yeah. those teams are all more deserving to make it because it's unfortunate sure they had to drop out due to COVID, and if they won the ACC, ACC tournament, they would go. But
1: the Big Twelve if, has like what? I think like probably seven a, teams. Probably yeah, seven teams. I'll probably go in.
2: But like, yeah. and and it's unfortunate that they had the COVID test. But you didn't play good enough in the regular season to like like a Virginia. Virginia had to withdraw, but they were com- they're they're completely fine because yeah, they they're going to make it. Enough. So yeah, you 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 didn't play good enough, and their Duke's one hope I think was to win the conference tournament otherwise they were out it was and here's the big question mark is that the last
0: game that Duke played was a victory and I was listening to a podcast where they said Duke withdrawing from the tournament is probably the best thing Mike Krzyzewski could have done because then it leaves up all those question marks right oh well the last game Duke played was a win what if they went on a, a streak and they won the ACC tournament? What if they went into the tournament and then they ended up doing well in the, well in the NCAA tournament? What if? But now I guess we'll never know. I'm so, pretty
1: sure the athletic director did say the season was over, pretty much. Like, because well, I mean, Duke it, said the season sure that, was over. Yeah, I mean, Duke like, itself the, the said the season was over. The athletic director said the season was well, over.
0: So it sounds to me like the NCAA came back to him and said, "You can still be considered for the tournament." Anyone they do. Can, though. So again, that's they the have funny. a 14 and 11 record, and I'm just telling you that. Because it fourteen eleven, it's not a subpar record, and it's not a 500 record. It's actually a couple of games above that. And because they had to end their season a little early due to a COVID test, something tells me, because there are going to be a good amount of at-large bids, something tells me the tournament committee is going to say, yeah, give Duke a 12 seed.
1: Put them at a the 16. See what they can do. <laughs> Kidding.
0: which would be no. hilarious it'd be, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> but, hilarious to see a 16 right? you wouldn't going to see that 16. you're gonna see another no. you're gonna see like another UNBC. UNBC yeah man. which again yeah. still amazing that 16c did, did beat a one seed and, and then it was against once, virginia that
1: win won the Natty in the next year The after. very
0: next year talk about a redemption story yeah right
1: I mean, you kind of have to, to like not be shunned from the sport <laughs> ultimately mm-hmm. um because it was what they were I think all 16 seeds were like 144 was the record they had or something like that. I mean they I mean it was first time ever of course. Uh, probably wanted to see that for a very long time again, but I mean that's what makes the madness of March happen. Um like I said, I don't think Duke deserves it. If I,
0: if Duke makes it into the tournament, here's what I the, I honestly I honest to God think that they're going to win a couple of games. They're going to probably make it to the sweet 16 and they're doing it because you have, when you have a coach like Coach K, and when you have a program like Duke, even though the whole lineup is usually a completely new lineup year in, year out, there's something about being Duke and playing in the NCAA tournament. And when you put him in there now as an underdog, I think it's a completely different story. I'll- even Kentucky. Um, uh, uh, was it like six years ago? Kentucky. They were an eight. They were an eight seed who actually started the year the number one ranked team in the nation but played terrible but then managed to go on a little bit of a run. They were given an eight seed. You know, like a, you know, what, you're Kentucky. You did good enough. Oh, that the year Here you go. Here's an eight seed. UConn. They faced UConn yep. and they made all the way the national title, yeah. where they did lose to UConn. UConn became yep. the first ever seven seed yep. to win a title. U- UConn beat. Florida. It was a weird year for basketball. Yeah,
1: UConn beat Florida that year.
0: That was when Florida was the number one team in the nation.
1: Yeah, I mean, Yukon You see, Florida had, didn't have many losses that year, but they lost to UConn uh, in the regular season on a buzzer beater, actually. Uh, which uh, that team. Can't remember they, they, that team just had some players. Scotty
0: on Scotty Wilbekin was he on there? Scotty mm-hmm. Wilbekin, yeah. I believe, was on Florida's team. <laughs> oh, more. that was when F- Florida's defense was the po- the so point, the, locked down. The
1: point the point guard's name for UConn? Who I can't remember his name right
0: uh, now. But. Not Kimba Walker. Um, no. Uh, Shabazz that was, that was Shabazz so long Napier. Ago. Shabazz Napier. Yeah, 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 Napier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shabazz Napier.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That team was really good and really yeah. fun to watch. But
0: that was the same year that their women's team also won the national Correct. title. And so both teams were honored at Correct. the White House. Correct. That so. that
1: I remember that that was just such a really cool thing to see in college basketball, honestly. But I mean that was like Florida's last year that they really had such a like just such a superior year. Um but going back to Duke and Kentucky, it's like Duke, their last good tournament was probably the year that they won it and they beat Wisconsin after Wisconsin beat that 38 and 0 Kentucky team. Yep. yep. I mean that's probably the last time that we've seen Duke really go deep into a tournament. Um I don't know that cuz they they'll have years that they'll lose in the round of 32. You know, so it's it's, it's different.
2: They 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 could have lost the when they had Z- the last, UCF and Taco, yeah, last Taco Fall, man. Yes. Oh, what a yeah. game that was too. Yeah. That was such a good game. And then Virginia Tech Probably could have beat them. That was a late, a late. I mean,
1: yeah, as well for Duke. I mean, those, yeah, those Duke, games were great. Virginia
0: Tech, the ball like lipped out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you that was into, a rough
1: one. You're going to Butler. I mean, you guys probably, you probably saw some really good basketball.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Butler is like that. That was how a lot of people, that's how a lot of people know the school. Like, you don't even know well, where when it, they played you, in the national
1: yeah. championship versus yeah. Duke. I mean, yeah, like, like, they went back
2: went, to back for the national championship yeah, appearances. You, you're, you're like, how do you, who, who are these guys? And then you realize, oh, they're actually in Indianapolis. Like, I had no idea that Butler existed. Until the NCAA tournament happened, and things have kind of tailed off. But I mean, even this year, you saw some Butler type of wins. I mean, they would lose really badly to I don't know a Georgetown or a Seton Hall. Who actually Georgetown's in the the Big East final, which is interesting. Versus that is interesting because right, they they are they're right, right.
0: also one of those mediocre yeah, teams.
2: Yeah. Um. But and but, Patrick Ewing's their head coach. But but Butler beat Creighton recently, I believe. It was either it was Villanova who they beat.
0: Speaking and it's of like, Patrick- that's not. And speaking of, Villanova is one of, the speaking of Patrick, schools. you right. Do you
1: see that video of him where, like, like they question him going into the yeah, Madison yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm like, Patrick, I'm this dude seven built feet tall. That building, yeah.
0: man, it's like my jersey is in the Raptors <laughs> only, as a retired number. Like, only
1: one man. You need
0: to know who I am.
1: Only one man owns that building more than him, and it's Jordan, just because of the facts of like how many times you <laughs> beat him in the playoffs. Unfortunately,
0: sorry. that place actually has an owner, and it's James Dolan, and right. that's that's just unfortunate. We have to take another timeout, but Tennessee is currently leading mm-hmm. Alabama forty to thirty-one at half. And about to go into half is Michigan-Ohio State. Michigan holding on to a 27-26 lead at the moment. 24 seconds to go in that game. We'll take our last time out of the show. You're listening to Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and ninety-nine one FM. All right, so we have... No time left, but Selection Sunday, it is tomorrow. That means the NCAA tournament's happening here any moment. And here at ESPN Pensacola, we are going to be doing a bracket challenge. So expect to see that come up here in just a couple of days. And hey, congratulations to the people who won our Sunbelt Challenge as well. We have that going on. So, Drew, happy that you're here. Looking forward to spending more time with you here at the
2: station. We're going to do some fun, big things. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm happy to be here. And...
0: This is ESPN Pensacola, 1330 a.m. 99.1 FM. Pensacola's home for hometown sports. Your home to talk football with Coach K. Sports Drive with Chad Brillante. And Sports Call with Davis Allen. If you'd like to partner with ESPN Pensacola or become a sponsor, just give us a call at 262 6000